All right, welcome back to the Not Quite Compassion podcast, episode number 13, entitled Construction, Deconstruction, and Reconstruction. And uh, before we jump into things, uh, a couple quick announcements is uh, tonight I made spring rolls for the first time. A little off topic, I know, but super fun. I don't know, you just put a little some hot water and... I put I had some shrimp and cilantro and uh, rice noodles and um, man it was good and the kids loved it and it turned into like make your own kind of thing man it was a win anywho kind of excited about that and uh, more relevantly uh, another announcement is I'm speaking at East Lake Church uh, where we go to church where we're part of um, on Sunday November 11th I'm back up to bat. Uh, it'll be my third time doing that. So November 11th, 9.30 and 11 a.m. And get this, uh, the topic I was given is uh, blessed are the peacemakers and uh, from the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke of. And uh, November 11th happens to be Veterans Day. Whoa. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm pumped about it. And uh, so anyways, if you want information about that, East Lake's located in Kirkland, Washington. And uh, you can go to eastlakecc.com for info on that uh, or just DM me or whatever. But it'd be great to see you there. Uh, I get shot every once so often, so uh, I always look really look forward to it. Okay, let's jump into things real quick. Uh, last week, uh, I talked about how we're jumping into like the first um, step towards compassion is getting through indifference. And that ultimately it's about... Um, shedding that armor of indifference that we put on to protect ourselves from being hurt, but it also keeps us from moving forward towards compassion. And ultimately, um, to be human means to hope. And uh, and I want to zoom in a little bit, as promised, on what that looks like to start to reclaim hope and go through the difficult journey of moving from indifference to compassion when it comes to our faith towards the church, towards um, this this thing of trying to follow Jesus. And I, I want to attempt to try to normalize this journey at whatever stage you're in. I want to, I'm hoping to normalize it for you so you don't feel so crazy. Because when you're going through these stages of construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, it can feel so jarring. And ultimately, it, oftentimes what happens is we just, we just want to run from it and give up all entirely or stop where we are and not and not believe that if you keep going it gets better. So let me get into things. Um the first stage of a spiritual growth or 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 just of what it looks like to mature in spirituality is the stage of construction. And when you're in construction, it's it's uh you know it's uh Jesus loves me this I know for my parents told me so. You know, or it's uh, for the person up front told me so. <laughs> you know, it's it's, uh, it's usually oftentimes it's a respect for authority above you, which is great. It's good to have that. And uh, we oftentimes, in, when we're in the midst of construction in our spiritual journey, uh, we'll we'll attach to a lot of labels because they're helpful to figure out what the heck is this about. And so, 
you know, we we love to kind of label things and place things in boxes. So uh, I'm a, a Pentecostal Christian, or I'm a Evangelical Christian, or I'm a Baptist, or or um, I speak in tongues, or I don't speak in tongues, or uh, I drink alcohol, but I do, or I don't drink. I mean, we like to kind of categorize and label, and it's helpful because we're trying to orientate ourselves on what does this look like for me, right? And that's totally perfectly fine. And it's oftentimes an attempt to align ourselves with some kind of tribe, um, some kind of group that all has a shared belief. We've talked about this a lot in the past, right? That a sense of belonging is is um, is is central to being human. That we think oftentimes that Christianity is about knowing things. Really, it's about being known. And uh, the feel known means to belong to a tribe or a group. And so it's not just about being a Christian, it's about being a part of Christianity. Does that make sense? Oftentimes in the construction time too, it's in our, of our spiritual journey, it's about certainty. Because that's so comforting, you know, to, to feel certain that you know the answers and you in, in the person up front's telling you those answers and it's so helpful. And we typically see things in black and white categories, right and wrong. It's very ordered and orderly. If I had to reference a, a, a part of the Bible that fits best into this construction part of the journey, because again, I'm not belittling it. This is like necessary to go through this. I, I would say a part of the Bible that most uh, relates to the, the, the time of construction in our lives is the Torah or the law in the Old Testament or the Hebrew part of our scriptures. It's very clear, you know, it's it's very um, certain, it's very like A plus B equals C. Okay, great, thank you, that's helpful. If I had to relate, this is kind of goofy, but if I had to relate like a music genre to the construction part of our spiritual journey, I would pick pop music because it's really comforting. Hey, there's nothing wrong with some Bieber, man, you know, but Bieber's not going to solve the world's problems either, But but Bieber is really great. Like I was listening to some some pop music today. It was wonderful. The kids' first concert we went to is this band called Walk Off the Earth from Canada, and it was wonderful. You know, it's you don't have to overthink it a whole lot. It's straightforward. Makes you feel good. Makes you smile. You clap along. The beat's obvious. I mean, it's just you know, it's you know when the song starts. You know when the song stops. Um, it's wonderful. It's it's pop music, uh, and oftentimes when we're construction too, it's it's ultimately about having. The answers. That's the priority for us, is having the right answers. When it comes to the Bible, um, when we're in the midst of construction, we oftentimes see the Bible only as literal. And the reason why it's literal is because that's what makes it true. If it wasn't, if you couldn't take it literally, that means it's not true. So we take it literally because it is, in fact, true. And we usually go to church because we, we know we're supposed to go to church because someone told us we should go to church. It was, I remember when I was in that phase and journey, like I literally, I remember meeting Jesus, having this encounter with him. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so um, my parents weren't like anti-God by any stretch. They just We just didn't talk about it a whole lot. And so I, I had this encounter with Jesus. I come back. I'm, I was in high school. My friend Ryan Bartlett is driving me to high school the next the next uh, year. So I, I've met Jesus since during the summer. And so I, um, he's driving to school. I'm like, hey, so like I'm a Christian now. And he's like, what, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> like this is how I was, I was, man. I had no idea anything. And he just goes, 
and he's not a Christian. He didn't claim to be at all. And he, he just goes, he's like, oh, that means you got to stop swearing and you got to go to church, man. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it, well, actually, what I said was, I was like, shit. I was like, oh, you can't. <laughs> so store on that one. But I remember, and I just kind of like, I remember the next week, I woke up on Sunday and I just like, I opened up the, the yellow book. Is that even still a thing? I don't think it is. But I literally just like looked up church in the yellow book and found some rando Luther church in, um, in Kent somewhere. And I sat at the back and I was by far the youngest person there. I swear everyone thought I was going to steal something. I thought about it too, honestly. But I, and every once in a while, like I'd go out there several weeks in a row and every once in a while they would talk about Jesus. Sometimes they wouldn't. Anyways, that's kind of where the journey began. And I, and that's lovely. That's beautiful. I look back with such fond memories of that, you know, it's, it's wonderful. But, and this is a big, but big booty. What happens, um, what will always happen, it's just a matter of time on your spiritual journey as you will encounter some kind of disorientation where those answers aren't working anymore the way they used to. And life starts getting a bit more complicated where it, they don't fit into categories of black and white, right or wrong. The tribe you once aligned yourself with, you don't feel a sense of belonging like you used to. Things start to just get jarred a bit. And usually what triggers that in our lives is some kind of great love or great suffering. If you look back, if, if, if you feel like you're not, oh, that's definitely not me anymore. If you trace tr- your life back, what probably started to trigger that moment when you left construction was when you encountered some kind of great love or great suffering. Maybe it was a suffering that you went through or a suffering that you witnessed. Maybe it was someone that you fell in love with. Maybe it was a way that you your heart was broken. Maybe it was your parents getting divorced. Maybe it was um, witnessing and, and actually having a meaningful relationship with someone that's experiencing homelessness. It's in those moments that they bump us. They like kind of jar us out of that period of our spiritual growth known as construction. And we, and we begin to enter into deconstruction. But here's the thing, though. It's really, really scary. And it is. I'll make, oh, my gosh. It's the worst. Because you don't want to leave. Because it's so good the way it is. And I remember um, getting that sense of like, this doesn't working the way it used to. And um, I remember there was a period where I started to white knuckle it, you know, just like clenching my fists and just white knuckling and just, okay, I just got to believe harder. I just got to go to church on Wednesday as well. And I, I just got to start memorizing the word and I got to, you know, I just started like trying to come up with some kind of like new magic bullet. I'll just go to that next conference or Whatever it is, you know, like I just remember trying another thing and and the things weren't working. And I remember feeling so threatened at that moment because my my faith was like a, a um it was like a house of cards where each and every belief was a different card. And if you'd even threaten just one of the cards and and threaten to pull one of them out, I knew that the whole tower, the whole house of cars would come cram- cr- crushing down. And so anytime someone would be like, well, 
if that's good news, like what about the poor? Or do you really think that um, that guy was swallowed by a whale? Or what about the LGBT community, Kyle? Or what about those who have never heard? Or, you know, what about that part of the Bible where um, it says that God wanted people to like bash infants' heads on rocks? Like, you know, all these little things that are just like, no, shut up, shut up. Like, don't, because I felt like someone was just grabbing, trying to grab that card out of my house of cards. And I knew if they did, the whole thing would come crashing down. It's so scary, guys. And the tendency for some oftentimes is to like double down in that moment. So it's not just about trying something that will fix the problem, but it's like doubling down on something you already know doesn't fix the problem. So it's the guy that like gets really, really into apologetics. You know, apologetics is it's like that. It's a a stream of Christianity designed to like help us defend our faith and have ways to debate and win arguments. And and there's some need for it. I'm not like super. I'm mostly against apologetics but <laughs> i try to like yeah pretty much but you see the the i've noticed the one person that gets really into it to defending their faith and buys all these books and go to this apologetics conferences did you know there's such a thing as an apologetics conference there is but those that do that i have found also are haunted by the most doubt because why do you feel s- such a need to defend something if it's actually true right a, a, a light doesn't need a spotlight on it in order to, for it to shine. A light just shines. doesn't need any assistance on its own. And so the difficulty about leaving construction is it's inevitable. And we can't unsee. We can't unfeel. We can't unhear. And when it comes to our story, it's because every great story includes a moment when the protagonist leaves their home and leaves something behind. So this construction, deconstruction, reconstruction can also be framed in another way called the hero's journey. And I can't get too much in this because this would be like an hour-long podcast, but oh my gosh, it's a beautiful way of seeing our life, the hero's journey. And uh, what it is... is it, what it, it it basically any good movie you've ever seen was just copy pasted from the hero's journey like star wars i'm not kidding like look it up george lucas literally took this idea of the hero's journey and just made it sci-fi <laughs> because there's a certain narrative that is built into the very fabric of our universe of our existence of our humanity this 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 particular narrative this particular kind of story And it's woven throughout every good story in the world, including the life of Jesus, including yours and mine. If we're going to have a truly good life, it will look like the hero's journey. So how that hero's journey begins is it's a classic tale of like any um, Disney film, by the way, totally just copycats. And it should. It works. Um, But the basic hero's journey is that this... The hero, the protagonist, is called to an adventure. So they're at home, construction, right? Nice, safe place, and they're loved, and they're safe, and they A plus B equals C. But they feel a calling to an adventure. And there's some kind of like, maybe potentially some kind of supernatural aid that calls us calls them out of the village. And they're, they are called to leave what's known into what's unknown, uh, Lord of the Rings is a classic example of this, right? Or, or The Hobbit, certainly. And so they leave that um, 
that place that's safe and go into some place that's unknown. And that's the construction. That's the construction to deconstruction part of the journey. And it's going to be really threatening to leave home. Uh, so deconstruction. Let's move on. Uh, this is um, the period of our spiritual life where um, we used to have things labeled and categorized and things were black and white. And now we just have to go through a process of unlabeling things, <laughs> of taking things out of the nice, neat boxes that we had them in, of realizing that life doesn't work all the time in black and white, but it actually is more shades of gray. It's not just about good and bad. It's, there's more, it's more complex. There's more nuance to it. If I had to look at um, a particular part of the Bible that best correlates to this part of the journey, I would say the prophets in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. Or if you're looking at the um, life of Jesus, you have um, Friday when he was, he's crucified and Sunday when he's resurrected. Well, deconstruction's on Saturday. It's the in-between. It's, it's after the death, but before the resurrection. It's in the midst of the darkness and the doubt. If I had to label a particular music genre that best coincides with this part of our spiritual life, and it did for me too, like literally you could, you could start listening to different kinds of music and it can be like, oh, that's because I'm deconstructing right now. I would say it's probably alternative music or punk music, you know? It's like bucking the system. F you, I won't do what you tell me, you know? <laughs> I mean, just this like, um, I can't, you can't label me. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, you know, this, uh, and, it, and there's a healthy sense of that, of detaching and saying this rebellious aspect of our lives that's necessary to spiritual growth. If you're in the middle of that right now, I just want you to know that's, that's really normal. It's okay. We tend to get really anti-institution. We're in construction, we kind of trusted the institution. We felt safe and welcomed the comfort of the institution. Deconstruction, you start rejecting. You're like, F that. I ain't listening to those people. If someone's in authority, you automatically start one doubting that person. <laughs> and and, and um, instead of having answers in construction, now it's about questioning and doubt. And when, where the Bible used to be literal because it's true, it's now the Bible's fig- figurative and it probably is not true. <laughs> one of my most profound deconstructive moments was I got an eyebrow ring. <laughs> <laughs> when I left for college, I went to this like conservative Christian college. It was a great experience, Northwest University. But I wanted to like stand out, like I ain't like the rest of you Christians. So I got an eyebrow rig <laughs> and it looked so bad on me. It looked so bad. It really I and I, I remember I had to keep it for it was like because I wanted to be like, hey, I ain't like yo, I'm an edgy Christian. you I mean, if you're in that moment like you're like I, I'm an edgy. I got a tattoo. Look at me. I, <laughs> whatever it might be, that's that's a clear indication you're in the midst of deconstruction, and that's okay. That really is. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the 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 fear here when you're in the midst of deconstruction, and I want to really zoom in on this because this is important, guys. The fear here is that you stay there, and I, I when it comes to that season of our life. There's a real temptation to stay there because that's the really cool, popular place to be. To question everything, to doubt everything, to buck institution and an organized religion and authority. And, but the result of staying there, if you stay there, just like if you stay and, and keep that armor on, 
and remain indifferent, you cannot move any further towards compassion and you will not continue towards spiritual growth. Your journey will end there and that does not make a good story. That's not a good narrative. You'll end up jaded and bitter and ultimately you'll define your life by what you're against. You'll actually become the very thing that you hate. I know I'm saying that strongly, but I want you to know you can't stop. On this hero's journey, it's not just about leaving home. It's about going on an adventure. And when the hero leaves home, he leaves on an adventure. Oftentimes, if one of the first things they encounter is some kind of helper or mentor on their way. So in their midst of deconstruction right now, like assume that God will place some kind of mentor or helper in your path. You're meant to listen to them. Because they've gone ahead of you and they know it doesn't end there. And the temptation will be to, to stay out in the wilderness. And I'm telling you that it was never meant for you to be your home. And so you'll face some kind of challenge and temptation. There is some kind of like abyss or death that occurs in the midst of this deconstruction. Uh my uh, friend, Ryan Meeks, he made this like wonderful correlation for me last Sunday at church. And he talked about how this oversimplification, simplification for sure, but he talked about sometimes when people are suicidal, what's really going on is they're, they're, they don't want to face the reality that, yes, something needs to die, that they need to die. So they choose the path of of actually dying rather than allowing God to let that part of their life that used to exist, that construction, and let that die so that they can be reborn. Does that make sense? Like, that's the really difficult and scary process of spiritual development is we actually have to die. Like a part of us has to die in order for us to be reborn. Um, and so the temptation is not to die to ourselves and to stay in that deconstruction and become jaded and bittered and indifferent. But if we continue on, if we decide to move forward on this hero's journey and not just stay in the abyss and in, in the wilderness, but to continue on with this good story, this good narrative, we enter into a mode of reconstruction. And this is oftentimes a sign of maturity in people's lives is when they're able to criticize their own stuff and, and they can, it's this sense of like transcending and including it. Like you're no longer like looking down on, oh, those youngins are always questioning everything. You're like, no, that's part of the journey. That's, that's lovely. That's beautiful. Or, oh, those people are stuck in the clouds and they don't ever think about anything. They have such a simpleton kind of faith and they just believe it because their parents do. No, no that's, that's part of the journey. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's beautiful. But uh, someone that's really going through reconstruction is able to see the beauty in all of that, all every aspect of the journey and celebrate it and see it as necessary. So it's not just about black and white. It's not just about gray. It's about black, white, and gray. If I had to list a, a particular part of um, the scriptures that reflect this reconstruction, I would list Proverbs, the book of Psalms, the book of Job. Absolutely. If there's a music genre, I'd most identify with this. I would go with uh, blues or jazz. 
because there's no need for resolution. There's some improv to it. There's some whimsy involved. You, know, you make it up as you go, and you're enjoying the process, not just the conclusion or not just the the, the charts and the chord sheets. Instead of answers and instead of doubt and questioning, what oftentimes someone in Reconstruction experiences is, is mystery and awe and wonder and meaning. It's not just uh, where it used to be the Bible's true or during deconstruction the Bible is not true. Now the Bible becomes more than true. And we talked about this before about how I still read the Bible. It's not just about whether or not a guy was swallowed by a whale. It's like, oh my gosh, that is my story, right? Is that just not the hero's journey? of a a life, death, and resurrection, that's me as well, too. It's it's not just about, oh, I should go to church because someone up front told me to, or hell no, I'm not going to church. Reconstruction is a time when you're like, I'm going to go to church because I don't have to go to church. Isn't that beautiful? Like, that's a good place to be. That's when you know you've arrived at Reconstruction because you're just like, I want to go to I want to go to church because I don't have to go to church because I'm loved no matter what and that's compelling me to want to go to church. <laughs> it's um where in, in construction it was like oh I shouldn't swear because that's the rule and then deconstruction you're like fuck that I'll swear as much as I want. <laughs> Reconstruction is like hey maybe I shouldn't swear in this particular situation because I think it hurts that person. And they're in the midst of, of construction, and, and that's great. I celebrate that. And I don't want to hurt people needlessly, so I'll, I'll use a different word. <laughs> um, for me, I remember it was uh, my first bout of reconstruction happened when I, uh, I was at Northwest with that eyebrow ring, trying to be cool and different. I'm your edgy Christian. And then I was like, oh, crap, I got to get a job. <laughs> so I had to take it off for this interview at Albertsons. <laughs> that was like my first little like dipping my toe into the reconstruction. Um, it's this idea of you've heard it said, and now I tell you. And so this isn't a static um, part of our lives. There could be aspects of your life that are in construction and other aspects that are in reconstruction or deconstruction. And all of these steps aren't just straightforward either. Like you'll take steps backwards on your journey. You'll double down because you get scared and you'll, you know, attend that conference to try to fix the problem. And with really the problems, like God's like, I'm making the problem because I want you to grow. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll do those steps forward and steps backwards on our journey, but all of the steps are still steps. They still count towards spiritual growth. Um, when it comes to the hero's journey, they come out of the abyss and they're transformed on the other end. Like they, they defeat the monster, whatever that might be. Um, there's some kind of like sacrifice that oftentimes has to happen in that midst, right? Life, death, and resurrection. And this is the most important part, though, I think, of the hero's journey. After they, are, they defeat the monster or leave the abyss or beat the wilderness, they are awarded some kind of prize, some kind of um, gift that they're given in all of these different stories. And when they return back home to their town, they bring the gift to their town, to their people, to their family. And that's why this is so important for spiritual growth. It's because we have churches filled with people 
that are experiencing construction, they leave because they're experiencing deconstruction, but then they never come back to the church to present to it a gift. Because they think once they're out, they're out, or the church is built in such a way that they don't actually affirm this necessary part of spiritual growth, that in order for us to grow, we have to leave. You do. But when you return, you're able to bless the community that started you on the journey to begin with. And oh my gosh, we need people to go out on an adventure and bring back gifts. Like we need you to go back. Did you like, oh my God, that's why the church is changing right now. It's because so many people are coming back to the church and saying, hey, these people we used to think were out, this LGBTQ community, no, they're actually in. And I'm, I'm giving you this gift of inclusion. I'm giving you this gift of affirmation. I'm presenting you this gift of a, a God that loves us regardless of, 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 of our sexual identity or gender. I mean, that's a, a beautiful gift, and we're seeing the church transformed in America because of that. So to transcend and include, and to realize that you can't unsee, you can't go back. You can try, and I have, but you can't do it for long. In order for us to give our life away, we have to have a life. And this is how you build a life. This is how you create something of substance and meaning and purpose, something of like real vitality is to go on this hero's journey. It can feel like a rearranging of furniture, you know, like you inherited this room and it has all this necessary furniture in the room. But then like you decide one day, you know what, this furniture sucks and you start throwing out the furniture. But then as the deconstruction continues, you're like, you know what, I actually missed that chair. It was really comfy. I just don't think it should be in the corner. I'm going to put it next to the window. Not painting. Yeah, that painting sucked. I'm actually never going to give that painting back into this room ever again. And it's not necessary anymore on my journey. It was necessary when it was construction. It's not helpful for me anymore. So I'm just going to leave it outside. It doesn't get to be in this room anymore. But that, um, that rug, oh, I have fond memories of that rug. And that rug really helped me. That Sunday school lesson was, was beautiful. I used to make fun of it when I was in deconstruction, and I, I don't believe that anymore. I actually think it's really, really helpful. So I'm going to include and put that rug back in my, in my, in my room. But this time, I'm actually going to put it in the middle of the room and not just in the corner anymore. You see how that works? Like, It can feel like we're rearranging furniture as we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So where are you on this journey, on this construction, deconstruction Reconstruction, or as um, as uh, oh, I was on a roll, and I forgot his name. <laughs> Anyways, it's also called order, disorder, and reorder. <laughs> it's on such a. I don't like make take Uber shots at these podcasts. Just you know, this is all one run. <laughs> so hey, that's not too shabby. All right, let me uh, leave you with a, a verse here and give you something to think about. Philippians chapter one verse six says this: being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What that scripture says to me is God finishes what he starts. Whatever you might be, whatever wherever you might be, you might be in construction or deconstruction or reconstruction, if you're still at home or if you've left and you're in the wilderness or if you've started to make your way back, I want you to know that he's faithful. I only can say that because he's been that for me. 
He has been so faithful through the darkest, worst nights of my doubt. And he's been so good and kind and patient when I was more than okay at staying at home. I mean, he's just been faithful through the whole process of my spiritual journey. And if, if he'll have his way in me, I'll go on another adventure probably some, someday soon. Because that's what it looks like. It's a continual process of life, death, and resurrection. So may you experience this grace this week. Go on a journey recognizing that he is faithful the entire way. Love you guys. I'll see you next week as we continue our path towards compassion. Uh, We're going to jump into pity, I think, next week. So a little bit of pity. That'll be good. See you guys then.